0: When Eliza was 10, she learned about the literary device personification, which is where you give human characteristics to a non-living thing. And armed with this new technique, Eliza wrote a poem.
1: A sneaker's life. (laughs) Strangled by the laces, stepped all over day by day. Faces of mud, working long hours. Sneakers persevere. Only for the reward of the stench of sweaty feet. And when unable to work the retirement plan, a garbage can.
0: That's Eliza reading a poem about a sneaker. I'm Dan Meisner, and this? This, right now, is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. How are you feeling tonight? It's very, very, very nice to see you. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time recorded live at La Sala Rosa in Montreal, we have Things Mostly Only Quebecers Know, a Teenage Stalker, an unusual spin on Alice in Wonderland, and much more. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and by looking back at it, this stuff can help us understand not only who we were, but who we are today. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around.
2: Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're
1: going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner.
2: Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.
0: A minute ago, we heard a sneaker poem from Eliza, but that wasn't the only poem Eliza shared at our Montreal event. Live on stage, here she is with a few more poems, all written when she was 10 years old at summer camp, and all written shortly after having learned about personification.
1: Cactus. <laughs> Its spikes scare all away. The cactus has nothing. All friends he finds leave, for a simple pat on the back is the end. All cactus wants is a friend. Power. Power becomes a virus, only to spread within. It takes over the mind, eating away at its host, leaving them selfish and lonely, only to be left with power. Cloud. Cloud. (laughs) (laughs) he fights the sun constantly who gets the sky today wielding his lightning sword cloud strikes sun sun tackles him leaving him scorched he cries and screams voice booming everywhere followed by bolts of fury and winds of rage a storm of emotions target He screams at the pierce of the arrow in constant pain and fear. (laughs) Over and over, the torture continues until he grows old and worn, and then the next victim must suffer. (laughs) Potato clock. (laughs) A veggie from the ground in a couple of wires. Tick tock, tick tock, potato clock. Going around telling the time that potato's pretty darn lumpy. (laughs) Tick tock, tick tock, potato clock. It ain't no sock, it's a potato clock. (laughs) Tick tock. Thank you.
0: When Cora was 14, she kept a diary, and in it, she documented all sorts of things, including her first crush. Please welcome Cora to our stage. A quick heads up, Cora uses some cuss words and some mean girl language in her diary, which we do not bleep.
3: The following takes place over the course of one month. October 8th, 2001. Hey Journal, what's up? me a lot so yeah life rules i left laval catholic and i'm so happy i'm back at western laval i met this guy dave he's amazing but sometimes he makes me wonder god i love him i still think about anthony though i called george and angelo we're keeping in touch It sounded so great to be talking to them again. Gosh, Journal, my life has been so iffy lately. One second I want to cry, and the next I couldn't be happier. I guess I should just relax more. You know, oh well. (laughs) Life is on the right track, and for the moment, everything couldn't be better. It's so great to see everyone again. I really missed everyone. Ciao for now, Cora. (laughs) October 9th, the next day, 2001. Dear Journal, hey, so yeah, today was great. You know Dave? Well, he was at the guys game, and yeah, he came to the bus stop with me and Ashley the whole time, but he was talking to Christina on the phone, and they were arguing over whose ass was nicer. Dave took Christina's side, duh, she is such a whore fooling with my man. (laughs) Apparently, Dave thinks I'm a stalker. <laughs> because I rode him often, and because I have his number, and I know where he lives, and I follow him in the halls. Those are not things a stalker would do. <laughs> or no, I think. Oh well, so what if they are? Anyways, I've decided not to stalk him anymore, I think. I really want to call George, but I think he'll begin to think I'm a stalker, too. So anyways, I saw Tim on the bus today. He hasn't changed a bit. Anyways, bye, ciao for now, Cora. October 11th, 2001. Dear Diary slash Journal. So what's up? Me, not much. Yesterday, I talked to Dave on MSN Messenger. (laughs) So I got to speak with him one-on-one. It was great, I asked him, so dirty, Dave, exactly how dirty are you? (laughs) This is a nickname he had in high school. And he goes, why don't you come over here and find out? (laughs) L-O-L. It was so funny. (laughs) Then he goes, so tell me about yourself. I was like, well, apparently I'm a stalker, so yeah. He was like, why'd you say that? Then I told him he was a cheesecake. And he was like, I hate cheesecake. And then I was like, what are you, on a diet or something? He was like, no, I just find it all made of butter. I was like, well, that explains why you're so skinny, what I said in brackets. Then he goes, like, you're one to talk. And by the way, I'm not skinny, I'm compact. (laughs) Then I go, well, I guess I'll take that as a compliment, LOL. I love him. (laughs) He's so sweet. (laughs) He's also, how do you say, H-O-R-N-Y. <laughs> See you soon, diary. Bye, Cora. <clears throat> October 30th, 2001. Dear Journal, so yeah, talked to Leo today, a mutual friend of mine and Dave's. He told me that he talked to Dave, and Dave said he found me annoying. And it's okay that he said that, but what he said next blew me through the roof. He, Leo, asked Dave why he wasn't answering me. Dave said exactly this. I was played, so now I'm going to play her. Then Leo said, well, why don't you just tell her that you don't like her, so at least she knows? Then Dave said, nah, it's more fun to screw with her mind. That bastard. (laughs) He actually had the nerve to say he enjoys it. He will so pay. Anyways, bye for now. Ciao for now, Cora. Thank you.
0: Joining us on stage right now, it's Helen. And Helen is going to share one of my favorite formats of kid writing. This is a journal that she kept in grade one when she was about six years old. And this was the kind of journal that you kept not just for yourself in a private kind of way, but kept in an open way with your teacher. This is a dialogue journal where you would write, and then your teacher would respond. And we're going to hear a couple of those entries and her teacher's responses. Please welcome Helen to our stage.
4: So September second, two 2004, dear Mrs. Farrell, I love you. (laughs) To which Mrs. Farrell replies, Helen, I love you too. I think we will have a great year together. Mrs. Farrell. September 3rd. Dear Mrs. Farrell, I love. (laughs) To which Mrs. Farrell replies, Helen, I like that you are trying to do your best printing. Mrs. Farrell. September 8th. Dear Mrs. Farrell, I love you, and you love me. 17th. Sorry that I was late, Mrs. Farrell. Dear Mrs. (laughs) Farrell. To which Mrs. Farrell replies, Helen, I am very glad you came to school, even if you were late. (laughs) September 21st. I wrote nothing at all that day. (laughs) Mrs. Farrell replies, Helen, I'm glad we thought of the idea of making a list of writing topics. I bet it will help you get started. (laughs) October, 2004. I like playing Chinese checkers with my daddy. Mrs. Farrell replies, Helen, when you play, who wins most, you or your daddy? What game do you play with your mom? To which I reply, my mom doesn't usually play a game. She usually just works in the kitchen. November, 2004. (laughs) I like Halloween a lot. I dressed up as a witch. It had sparkles on it. I got lots of candy, and it was fun. (laughs) Mrs. Farrell replies, Helen, was your witch scary, or was she nice? Do you have a favorite kind of candy? I reply, my favorite kind of candy is Kit Kat bars. My witch was nice. I like Halloween a lot. I think Halloween is really, 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 fun. Mrs. Susan Farrell, I like class a lot. I like class so much, I would scream, but I won't in school. April 2005. At the bus stop, all the kids and parents threw snowballs at each other. We thought we would never go to school. (laughs) I took a trip to Fargo for spring break. (laughs) The hotel I stayed at was called the Holiday Inn. (laughs) I went swimming a lot, and there was a big pirate ship that had five slides. Three were big, two were small. There was a waiting pool that has a shower coming out of a treasure chest. (laughs) Mrs. Farrell replies, Helen, it sounds like your hotel was lots of fun. Did your fingers get wrinkly from swimming so much? (laughs) To which I reply, I did not look at my fingers very much. (laughs) But I think they did. (laughs) Mrs. Farrell, I know how fingers get wrinkled. Bodies have a special oil, that if the oil gets washed away, your fingers get wrinkled. I learned that from a book called How Come Planet Earth? When I'm in the bathtub, my fingers get wrinkly. I have a huge birch tree in my yard, and it has a stump that I like to stand on. One day, I tried to stand on it, and it moved! I looked inside it, there were grubs. My mom got very scared. My mom called the tree person, and he came. (laughs) He said it was okay. He said we had good soil. (laughs) On April 23rd, I saw the Lion King play, and last night I saw the movie. I liked them both the same. And the movie was a little bit different. Because there wasn't as much music in the movie, there wasn't hot lava. <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: Hello, everybody. A round of applause for Teachers Montreal. Sometimes kids write stories because they want to, as a way to be creative and use their imaginations, and other times kids write stories because they have to, because they're given creative writing assignments in school. Our next reader, Jeff, brought a few short stories he wrote in elementary school, and they definitely fall into that second category, stories you write because your teacher makes you. Please welcome back to our stage, Jeff.
2: Uh, This one's called If I Were in the Book Alice in Wonderland Instead of Alice. (laughs) First of all, my name would be Guido. (laughs) Guido Motts. But who needs a last name? Now, so I'm following a late rabbit. Sure, how possible? Let's make it a dead ugly ugly zombie No, I know I'm following a girl in a string bikini Better So I fell down a hole It could happen It's happened to me before But I didn't die I was just unconscious For just a little while Oh, so, what happens next? I eat an eat me sign I'm hungry, leave me alone Then I'm tiny This is confusing change it around, I ate steak and puked that's bad, but better right, okay now I'm in Wonderland, I'd rather be in Disneyland too bad, shucks now I'm as confused as a turtle in the desert I find a caterpillar I hate caterpillars, so I step on him wait a second, my watch stopped so I'll wind it, not a problem Anyway, I'm just running through Wonderland. I trip. Ow. I see this cat who can disappear, and you can see his teeth. I'm amazed. They ain't got that in Montreal. I think I'll sigh. Huh. That feels... Off with his head! Hey, Guido, look at me when I'm talking to you. Oh, you, I says. Hi, how's your plumbing? This is getting so confusing. I think I'll zap her with my super-duper gun. Yeah, that's the ticket. Well, my toilet keeps overflowing, but... Mrs. Hart's. I gotta go to the bathroom, says me. I really had to go really badly, I mean so badly. Wow, I'm in pain. To be continued, because I've nothing else to write. Uh, this next piece is called I Shall Revolt. My name is Regis Bellier, and I'm a peasant. You can call me peasant or slave. There's no difference to these horrible noblemen. I am a slave to the fabulous, personally, I hate him, Henri Grillness. Nobody you know, he's just a stubborn doctor. Peasant, back to work, said Leslie Grillness. Ah, yes, the lovely Leslie, wife of Henri, the beauty of Paris. Hey Robert, I say in a whisper, come here. I'm working, said Robert. Wouldn't want old Eagle Eyes over there to see me off the job. Aren't you tired, I asked. Of what, inquired Robert? Of the noblemen, of Leslie, of slavery, and of living the life of a dog? I'm not a dog, screamed out Robert. But to the noblemen, we're all dogs. They certainly feed us like dogs, mumbled Robert. They certainly treat us like dogs, I said out loud. That night, as Henri and his wife slept, I awakened Robert. I had awakened the whole digging crew. Robert, get up. We're leaving, I exclaimed. Huh? Said Robert curiously. We'll break our curfew. Just come, I replied. Why? Because we're tired, said one of the men in the background. So am I, whined Robert. Let me sleep. I only get half an hour of sleep a day. (laughs) We're tired of slavery, so we're leaving. ''You know, we're going to revolt,'' I said. There was a small cheer in the background. (laughs) ''I'll come,'' said Robert, determined. ''I shall revolt,'' the next morning. ''What's that horrible racket?'' asked Henri Grillness. ''Probably a broken dish,'' answered Leslie as she was getting ready for a formal brunch. (laughs) ''No, it's very loud. Go check out the window. ''The peasants are having some kind of riot, some sort of protest.'' "'What is this nonsense?' questioned Leslie as she was walking to the window. "'Open the window.' "'Grunt,' muttered Henri. (laughs) "'There.' "'We need justice! We need justice!' chanted the protesters. "'Henri, call the royal guards! Hurry!' exclaimed Leslie nervously. Henri rushed to the phone and rung for the guards. "'They said they'd be here as soon as possible.' (laughs) "'Meanwhile.' "'Men, gather around,' I said. "'We're here for a reason, not to kill the noblemen, rather to free ourselves.' We want justice in our time, liberty, equality, fraternity. (laughs) After a long, tough battle, the peasants triumphed in the end. Thank you.
0: we have fans in the room of the work of Georgia Nicholson. Are you familiar with Georgia Nicholson and Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging? Okay, so some of you know what I'm talking about, but not everybody does. In Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging, there was sort of a glossary at the beginning explaining English things, if you were not necessarily English. And when Jessica was 15 or 16, she decided to write a story in the style of Angus, Thongs, and Full Frontal Snogging, and what we're going to hear tonight is a very Canadian version of the glossary, (laughs) the sort of preface to the story. So, we're not gonna actually hear the story, we're just going to hear a glossary of things mostly only Quebecers know. Please welcome Jessica to the Grown Up Three Things They Wrote as Kids stage.
6: Okay, um, so yeah, uh, the story was uh, a story of a girl who uh, lives in the West Island, for those of you who are from here. Um, and a lot of these are based on my misconceptions of the world growing up as an Anglo kid in a mostly Anglo environment. Uh, So, glossary of things mostly only Quebecers know. FLQ, Front de Libération du Québec, or Quebec Liberation Front. They were a separatist terrorist group that existed in the 70s. They used tactics such as planting bombs and kidnapping government officials. One of the men they kidnapped was found dead in a car trunk. They used the other to negotiate, and their leaders escaped justice by going to Cuba in exchange for his return. Look up the October crisis. You might learn something. (laughs) Separatist. Generally, a person who wants Quebec to separate from Canada and become its own nation. Why? Because they are weird. (laughs) It all goes back to when the English invaded Quebec, then known as New France. Chances are, you'll never meet an English separatist. (laughs) English slash French. This usually refers to English Canadian or French Canadian. To avoid confusion, we call England types British and France types, well, France French. (laughs) Some English people here hate the French and some French hate the English, but mostly we get along okay and just make jokes at each other's expense. It's the Canadian way. Tim Hortons, a.k.a. Timmy's Tims. Timmy Hortons. A very Canadian coffee shop, serving donuts, coffee, soup, sandwiches, bagels, pastries, and so on. And they have the best iced cappuccinos. I used to think Tim Horton didn't really exist, rather like Betty Crocker. But But Mark assures me he was a famous hockey player who opened a chain of coffee shops. Which is extremely Canadian, don't you think? Montreal. Ah, Montreal. Montreal. Jay Leno called it the most beautiful city in North America. It's not bad. (laughs) Probably you have heard of it. If not, put this book down and go pick up an atlas, now. (laughs) Calgary. You are so dumb. (laughs) A city in Alberta, which is a province of Canada. Don't tell me you didn't know that Canada has provinces. (laughs) Celsius. (laughs) Our zero degrees is 32 degrees Fahrenheit. One of our degrees is about two degrees in Fahrenheit. (laughs) Just get a life and deal with the fact that metric makes a lot more sense. (laughs) Everything works in tens. And when hundreds and thousands, it's so damn easy you want to cry. <laughs> Upper Canada Village. This is for all the locals. Uh, a loser place
5: <laughs>
6: where everything's ancient and they pretend it's the 1860s. <laughs> Incrediblement boring. They have pigs, chickens, cows, and such. <laughs> Puts in. A type of food consisting of fries covered in gravy and curd cheese. Invented by a Quebecer, because who else would? (laughs) They serve it in other places in North America, but they always pronounce it wrong. They say poutine, when really it's more like poutine, but (laughs) French-sounding. Depeneur. Corner store. Convenience store. In America, that place where the clerks get shot. (laughs) Dep for short <laughs> um, and this final West Island thing, uh, mat night the night before Halloween when kids go out and ruin everyone's Halloween decorations some kids anyway we are not nearly so cruel the name comes from the fact that in the great olden days also known as the 70s <laughs> kids used to switch people's doormats on this night what great mischief they must have thought they were up to <laughs> thank
5: you <laughs>
0: Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids does not endorse the politically charged definitions heard on our stage tonight. (laughs) is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids. Our show was recorded live at La Sala Rosa in Montreal and was produced by Jenna Meisner. Olivia Nashmi is our associate producer. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullitone. Our closing theme is Oh Dear Diary by Sloan. If you enjoyed this episode of Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids and I hope you did, tell somebody about it. This show is and always has been a word of mouth kind of thing. So if you know somebody who would enjoy the show, help spread the word. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening.